Welcome everybody to another episode of Just Two Dads, along with my co-host and my my partner in Thrive, Mr. Sean Francis. I am Brian Altunian. And you know, the gift-giving holidays are upon us right around the corner. And there's something magical about giving your child something that they find joy in. But if you have a neurodiverse child, um, sometimes that it's a little challenging to find something that's appropriate. And today's guest this company has been around um, for quite some time, and they are building experiences for our children of all abilities to have uh, to have the opportunity to have joy in their lives. And I cannot wait for this conversation. So stick with us here on uh, this episode of Just Two Dad. seem official when we yeah. have a little ding ding. Uh, <laughs> want to welcome everybody uh, who's joining us on Facebook Live and on Apple and Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio and Pandora and all the other podcast outlets where we can be heard. Um, welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads. It's great to have you all here. Please, if you're catching us on Facebook Live, um, feel free to enter comments in the comment section and uh, questions for, for Seth, our guest, if you have any as they come up. I would love to be able to answer them for you. If you're not if you're not catching us live and you're catching us on the YouTube channel, please subscribe and um, and share. Uh, today's conversation is going to be one of those that I think is going to be meaningful and is going to hit you in the whole. Uh, well, it's going to hit you in the heart <laughs> for sure. I definitely want to thank uh, Matt Failer for um, for making the introduction of our guest today. Matt's a friend of the show. He's been a guest. We've been a guest on his podcast as well deals um, with issues with his daughter, Aria, and her medically complex um, medically complex issues. And so uh, we're always grateful when Matt makes a suggestion introduction. It's always incredible to see um, to see people. And today's no exception to that. Also see Robert Moorhead's here out in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So thank you if you're listening on WSTX AM radio in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Welcome uh, as well. Hope that, uh, that, that you're all doing well. I'm excited about today. And Sean Francis is kick off the show. How are you feeling today, bud? Man, um, sometimes I wonder if people really believe me when you ask me and I get ready to answer. And I'm like, I am just so excited and so thankful. And but um, I don't know. I'm just full, full of gratitude. There's a lot of great things that are taking place in life and at the, mo at the moment. And it's funny. I appreciate you asking me that question because it makes me focus on that which I have to be grateful for. And there's a whole lot of it. And so with that said, let's jump right into today's show. Our guest today is Mr. Seth Kenor. Seth, welcome, welcome, welcome to Just Two Dads. Thank you both so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. As do we, as do we. Yeah, so, sure. you know, you um, are humble enough to probably just see yourself as, you know, a guy doing what he loves to do and will probably be resistant to accepting the title of hero. But anyone on this planet who is earning, um, you know, their, uh, you know, paying, you know, it's, it's said that it was said by the great Muhammad Ali that, you know, service to others is the, the uh, rent we pay for our room in heaven. Uh -huh. And um, you are doing that. So therefore that makes you a hero. Everybody's, you know, a lot of people are doing that in some way, great or small. And every hero has uh, an origin, a beginning from which they got their powers, which, you know, um, is dictated by how and when you were raised. And so tell us a little bit about that and about the company and leading up to how and where you are today. Sure. Thank you. It's funny you said Muhammad Ali, because this is kind of crazy. I grew up, I think the first poster in my room was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
Yeah, because my parents were, you know, very much involved in the peace movement and mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali was, and then, you know, my grandfather on my mom's side had been very involved in social justice and union organizing and so right. So Muhammad Ali was the, was the, the pinnacle of. Well, you uh, know, you know. It, it, it has been said that coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. So that's, there are no accidents. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the first, <laughs> it was a poster of Muhammad Ali. And uh, and then Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe because I was I know you guys are in L.A. So I yeah yeah that's okay. And, uh, hey, I met Earl of Pearl when I was a kid actually when the Knicks uh -oh. came down to the Virgin Islands and uh, just yeah anyway and not to mention Walt Frazier still owns a house on Saint Croix. Okay, well yeah. I got to meet Earl of Pearl too, and this is actually <laughs> relevant. <laughs> he was a sweetheart, man. He was mm -hmm. he just couldn't have been nicer to me. Yeah, I was I was like a three, you know, I felt like an eight year old when I met him. I must have been 40. I was just so in awe. <laughs> he was a, That's he was fantastic. A, yeah, yeah. So so those were the posters I had. And and it was funny because I'm, you know, my dad was just not a sports guy at all. So he'd sort of walk mm -hmm. in and go, and it would, he wouldn't know who those people were, except for Muhammad Ali, because I guess he was, uh, was was such a was such a hero. Wow. And, um, and, and an inspiration and then stayed that way for my whole life. Yes. Same here. Same here. Someone I just love, love to watch. Um, yeah. So, so the, so around the time I had this poster of Muhammad Ali in my room, which would have been yeah. 73, I think it was him over Joe Frazier. So I think I have that uh, date right. <laughs> uh, my dad was completely out of work and he had, he had done cancer research, but, um, the funding had dried up for cancer research and, um, he had he had been at Chicago Medical School and he dropped out. Um, he was doing a biomedical engineering company in the Bronx uh, with my grandfather, who was a machinist. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't. He was just going through a dry spell where nothing was really coming together, and it wasn't. He had all this talent, you know. He, he had some biomedical knowledge, some engineering knowledge, and he was just a very uh, inventive guy. And he got a call from a friend. I don't remember who it was who said. Um, listen, I know somebody who's a, an occupational therapist out at United Cerebral Palsy on Long Island. So why don't you go out there and see if they need anybody? And, and they weren't hiring anybody because there were no, you know, the field didn't exist at, at that point. Right. So he went out there and there was a boy, um, I think, sitting in a wheelchair and his head was to the side. Mm-hmm. And he was just sitting in an empty room. And my dad said to the therapist, well, you know, where are the toys? I think, you know, as a young boy. And the therapist said, well, you know, there, there are no toys. He can't play with toys. He's got motor skill issues. And my dad said, well, that's not acceptable to me. So he mm -hmm. came home that night. And his workshop at that point was in our basement. And I think we have people living in our house. I forgot to mention this to Brian when we talked. We... we <laughs> my parents were split up and to you know make the mortgage he had all these boarders living in the upper rooms of our house but no dividing wall he was real <laughs> and eccentric so so it was a house so, so the all these young people living upstairs at probably you know 30 bucks a, a week for their room and then he had his shop downstairs and he went into that shop and what he did was he um set up a mercury switch that he attached to a train set that he had and and we wouldn't use mercury now because it's it's you know it's a it's certainly okay. a dangerous thing to use yeah. but so so when the way you had the switch set up was that it was a, a 
you know, um, a motion sensor. And when the child held his head up straight, the train would go around. That was his idea. Um, and now, you know, we think we have all this talk about positioning, which is that if a kid is like this or an adult, it's hard to take in the world. So yeah. a lot of the things that they're, you know, positioning is very big in, in the occupational physical therapy world. How he knew this, I have no idea. And he came back the next day with this train set. And sure enough, the kid picked his head up and the train went around. And the therapist said, I, I don't remember, you know, this is a long time ago, within weeks, the kid was just holding his head up straight. And, Such and an amazing story. And there was no company. There was no nothing. It's just my dad building this stuff in, in the basement. And, mm. and um, gra gradually from there, he started, uh, when I, by the time I was in high school, so maybe 1976 or seven, seven, he had launched the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a very small shop, probably 300 square feet in Hastings, which is uh, where I grew up. It's just outside of New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just my dad and I would come in after school and and work and he would take the orders and he would make the product and then he would go to the post office and send it out. And and gradually over many, many years, it, it expanded in, into what we are today. It was called uh, Toys for Special Children then. So that was really, um, you know, now we do devices for people of all ages, but that was really the genesis was in making sure that kids could play. So that started in 77. How did you go from, tell us now, chronologically, how did you go from Toys for Special Kids to what is today enabling devices and your involvement, your role, and how you got involved and took the company over? Right. I'll try to give a shorter answer this time. Sorry. Um, no, that's good. No, that was yeah. fine. That's yeah, great. Uh, I think the company, you know, it grew slowly and organically. And I think once my dad saw there was a need for children to have toys, then it became, well, what if you're nonverbal? So uh, actually, I do have this. He started developing communicators, simple communicators. And this is, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I just found this in, in the draw. Mm -hmm. This is this is a prototype. Okay. And he would do the prototypes on cardboard. Mm. So this is the circuit. Oh, it actually like, works. It, it actually it it's work. actually wired to the um, oh, circuit board. So, yeah. so this was a, a prototype for message communicator. Mm. And then as need uh, as the need arose for different things, people would then come to him and say, hey, you know, I need a simple communicator. Uh, my kid loves this toy and I want to play with it. Can you do it? Um, I've I'm a paraplegic and I'm in a wheelchair and I can only move my head this way. So we do you have a switch that I can just, you know, so that's our ultimate or, you know, I've got a, I've got someone I'm working with who can only move their head this way, but they, they move, they're very hypertonic, they're very high muscle tone. So they're bashing into this switch. Can you make a switch that won't break when they, when they bash their head into it, if they, if right. they do. And then, so really it just happened organically that way. The company, you know, people started to come to him. <clears throat> I might've mentioned this to Brian. We, he didn't patent anything. Because he said, I said, I can't make enough to get the stuff to the people who need it. So I want people to copy me. Interesting. And, which, wow. Yeah, this is, I mean, this not great <laughs> business. <laughs> he was, you know, we talk about it as a business. Well, it, it, it's and, funny because to run it as a business, but that's not the that's not the first thought. When I say mm. wow, I'm kind of I try to be one that is open to different thought. 
And I was hit with two things, which is, okay, one, how noble of him because he's putting people before profit. Um, But then the challenge you have is that if if someone does a bad job of knocking off what you're doing Mm -hmm. and they put profit before people, right, then, you know, everybody kind of gets shortchanged. So it's a risk. It's a, it's a risky thing. Just very interesting. Yeah. And that happens, Sean, certainly that I'm, you know, both occasionally someone would then make it better. And then Mm. we go, Oh, well, great. We'll learn from them. We'll make it better. So, and sometimes it worked that way, but there are definitely times when it worked the way that you just described where Mm. people who were putting profit first, put out yeah. stuff that was well cool. and the origins of the of not to get into details about yeah. patents but it was to actually give people the roadmap to how it worked patent patent office was a patent is designed to actually give people the oh. details on how it works so if they could do a workaround great they could right. patent their own product but the reality is it was a way to share um but if people didn't want to do it they would, could just copy and then just basically pay for they're like paying for the you know for the blueprint of, of, okay. of the device but that but that being said the fact that your 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 father was so focused on let's serve the needs of the people um not to worry about the business piece of it it'll work itself out right. um it just is a it, that just is a is a i think that from our discussion it seems like that's a culture that has been pervasive at enabling devices which is let's just put out the best you know the best products for those for those in need yeah. And how did you- Actually, when I started, it's funny, it just reminded me of something else, Brian, which is when I started at the company, um, there was always this fear of giving my dad these requests for free stuff. Mm-hmm. We said yes. Because he always said yes. Yeah. So, and, and you know, at some point you just get, you know, I, I, ideally this would eventually be government funded and we'd love to run it as a nonprofit. They're all kind of, you know, the question is how, how to get this stuff to everybody who needs it. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, so, so people would sort of go, well, we got to hide this request from Steve, my dad, he's just going to say, <laughs> so then when I came in, you know, people sort of looked at me and went, Hmm, I think we have to hide requests from him too. <laughs> <laughs> when, and Seth, when was that? When did you start with the company? I mean, I know you were with him, you know, as you were growing up, but when did you start with the company? Officially? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, so, and Sean was asking too, how did I end up at the company? I, you know, he was such a talented engineer that I, I really didn't want to compete with that and, and didn't, and, and I, I don't think I could have, he was just a, um, he, he was able to, to see the problem, the need, design a, a solution and then build it and then put it out in the world. So that's, we still do that, but it takes three or four people to do that. You know, it's very hard to find mm. that person. Um, so I really wanted him to, to, to do his thing, and, and 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 I just felt it wasn't the best place for me to be. I didn't feel I could bring much to it. So I went off and did, you know, a million other things. And around 2010 or 11, his health started to decline. And so um, I was living in New York City at that point, and he was still in Hastings, and I became his primary caretaker. And then I just started looking in on the business and I thought, well, maybe I can do some small thing here. And then one thing kind of led to another. And next thing I knew it was like Godfather three, where this thing was, just, you know, grabbing me. <laughs> and, uh, when I think I'm out, <laughs> pull me back, pull me back, pull me back. Yeah. I worked in a family business. I know that, that feeling. That <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Like, well, you tried for 30 years or so to get away from this, but no. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Amazing. And, and so, and your dad did pass away. He passed away in 2015. Um, I did take over the company before then. So he was, he was aware of that. And, and there was a period of three years where I was coming, I would check on him at his house in Hastings. I'd come into work. Then I'd go back and report to him on everything that was happening during the day. So he was, you know, intimately involved even when he wasn't well enough to be here and just always thrilled to hear about it. It was really his heart. It was his heart and his soul was in it. And, um, and so we got to share that for the last, you know, three years of his life. And it was a, it was a pretty special time for us. And I, and I think for him to know that I was that specifically that I was carrying it on, not just because he may or may not have thought I had the, the ability to do it, but he knew it was going to someone who cared as deeply as he did. Yeah. 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 Cause it seems like, he was just in in more ways than nine um uh-huh. an, irrepla- an irreplaceable man that's um incredible so tell us this then so we, now when you took it over um was the focus at that time still primarily on toys and if so how did you go from toys to devices right so when i when i walked in it had um it was already at enabling devices and we were doing a, a wide range of products uh, mm-hmm. as wide a range as we're doing now so um it was more that in a way because the company had um it was never it wasn't built all at once so it kept having different you know software systems and different ways of building put on it which was great someone needed something and we built it you know and and, and so there weren't things like common parts there weren't the production had gotten um almost, I'm trying to think, it was a sort of a sprawl of just, it wasn't, it was no longer cohesive because we'd grown without there being a central idea of of where we were going. And that was nobody's fault. That was just, I think, a function of we're trying to make what you need. And if you tell us you need it, we're going to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that um, as as he had, had been sick, it had lost its, a person at the center to say, he, it, that's certainly something he could have done, but he had been in failing health. So I think it really hadn't had a captain. Gotcha. And it needed someone to just sort of pick out all the talented people who were here and say, there's so much talent here, but you know, we, we, we've sort of all got to get back on the same page. And you've been left alone to do your thing that you're brilliant at, but you need some support. Right, mm-hmm. right. So is that the path that, you, that the direction that you started steering things in once you took that over and he was yes and we had we had some people producing for us outside and i wasn't happy with, the, with some, some of the quality control mm-hmm. um and so we we started taking things back in house we really started rebuilding it from the ground up um uh we have this uh i don't want to mention any one person because this everybody here has ideas and and everybody contributes to the design um but we really what i wanted to do was bring everything back in house so that I had my hands on it because I certainly uh, from working in his shop as a kid knew how things should look, knew how they should go together. And the biggest thing is if you've got a switch activated device and it doesn't activate consistently, it's hard enough to teach a kid without a special need cause and effect. But you want to make sure that if you finally got a kid who's recessive or withdrawn and you finally got that kid out of their shell to reach out for something, Mm -hmm. it's got to work. It better work. Yeah. yeah. Better right. Work. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And this was not me doing any yelling or shouting. It's got to work. Everyone here already felt that. It just, they, they needed better support from the top. Gotcha. You know? 
Yeah. So tell us, um, how how many what what uh, what's the percentage of clients that are uh, individuals versus uh, say schools or in, in institutions um, when it comes to your your products? Yeah, that's a great question. We're we're generally about twenty eighty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Percent institutions and twenty percent individuals. Mm. Um, but we, you know, what we really stress is uh, the individual doesn't get less attention than the big school order. You know, right. everything is everything is treated. It's all you know. It's all going to the same place, and it's all treated the same. Wow. Consistent, consistent with that culture we've been talking about. Not a surprise, I think, to anybody who's hearing this. So that's, that's, it's beautiful. And how how many, how many, we say, what's your product mix these days? How many products you have? What falls under toys? What falls under other kinds of experiences? Because it's more than just toys and devices, really, right? Right. So um, we will do some of our sensory stuff um, for people on the spectrum it's sort of a, it's a mix of there's a small amount of things that we're reselling then they're just so that people can kind of get things under one roof then there are things we adapt so you know your kid wants to play with the tickle me elmo but doesn't have the motor skills to activate the elmo song so we have i was looking through the catalog today and i should know this i, I mean i think we have a hundred capability switches so wow if you can only control your airflow we have a sip and puff switch Mm. which is actually on delay right now because of a supply chain issue. So we're just trying to source everywhere to get that back. Right. Um, we've got a motion sen- sensor switch. So uh, we have a twitch switch. You know, some you might have a later stage ALS patient and they can control this part of their head or cheek. So literally whatever you can do, um, and this is another um, thing that my dad just he's not looking for what you can't do. So I want to know what you can do. So he wants to turn any any supposed limitation into a capability. Yeah. Can you blink your eye? Then we, we have an eye blink switch. Oh, my gosh. Mm. We can position the switch. You can move your knee. You know, you can. Um, I'm trying to think. So there's a sip and puff. There's an eye blink. There's motion sensor. Um, there's some that are just very sensitive. Oh, and maybe you have a, a visual impairment. So we've got a, you know, a switch this big with a bright light on it. So these are these are th- things that can be incorporated into both play and obvious practical everyday uses for life. Exactly. Yeah, Sean, that's exactly right. Thank you for because I, I I forgot that important piece. And the yeah. idea is if you know if you now know oh when I hit this very big switch, Elmo sings this song that I like. Yeah. Maybe later, it's when I hit this very big switch, my computer goes on or my wheelchair moves forward. Or, wow. Uh, but it's still coming from from this sense that that play is the work of the child and that the way children learn is through play. So you're probably not going to think this is necessary, but I then owe an apology to anybody that is going to be seeing some of the, um, the flyers and the, and, and the graphics as far as the words go, because, you know, I've been telling people about, you know, you, you having a, you know, a, a, a toy company. Uh, and that is, um, that's, that, that yeah. that's an attempt to, pull a muscle with your arm trying to scratch the surface. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. Well, you know, but I, I think, um, I, I don't think it's, it's, it doesn't bother me at all because I mean, at the core, that's what we are. You know, yeah. I, I was mentioning this to Brian, uh, too. We had a little, you know, meeting, uh, just an introduction. And, um, and, and, and this is an important thing too, I think for my dad, which is this was never done out of, obli- 
doing something out of obligation is different than doing something because you love it. Right. But helping someone who may need your help because you think it's the right thing to do is different than helping someone who has a need because it brings you joy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the I think you know my I mean I'd be sitting at home you know as, as a kid and my dad he would have invited someone with CP with cerebral palsy over to the house for dinner and we didn't have a ramp. So there would be stairs, rickety old stairs up to the house. And suddenly we'd go, well, how do we get this person in here? And most people in face with that go, oh, this is a disaster. And to my dad, that was a fun problem to be solved. Yeah. The person you're helping is not feeling, oh, this is an obligation. Someone's doing this because they have a you know moral. This person is doing it because they love life and they, mm -hmm. they value me. And it's it's a pleasure for this person. Wow. Yeah. Well, and if we and it as 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 we've spoken about today, you know, inclusivity is really the right. key. And how do we create inclusion and and make sure that everybody feels that they're part of something? Since our community has generally been mm -hmm. left out and omitted mm -hmm. and you know restricted from participating. So right again, it's just a, a it's a great it's a great culture. Um, <laughs> I can sit here and listen to you talk all day, Seth. Honestly, I'm like, this is yeah. just—it's 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 just amazing. I, you know, for for people who may be you know skeptical, they're maybe thinking like, okay, so what's the what's the catch? What's the like? You you can't be all this, you know, good, great, you know, selfless. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's got to be something there. And so, right. is there any of, is there any of that, or have you had doubts as you've been building this? As you've had had thoughts about this has, has, you know, has, Oh yeah. Well, you know, I think there was a, I think for, for my dad, who was sort of, you know, some, somehow almost a, an eccentric mad scientist. I mean, you, know, you almost think of Christopher Lloyd and back to the future, that kind of, a, a, <laughs> yeah. of, a, of a guy. Um, yeah. I think there were some tough things. He would enter into relationships with people, you know, other business relationships, either vendors or producers and not, realized that everyone wasn't on the same page that he was on. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and so, you know, when I came in, there's a sense of, well, you know, I don't think anyone enjoys conflict, you know? So there's a sense of, well, I've got to sort of tell these people that this, this relationship has to change and I don't, I don't enjoy conflict. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think for me, it's been a, I, I, I go, well, okay, this is not something that's enjoyable, but I'm doing this for, for the good of the company. This isn't, you know, for me, this is for everyone who works here and this is for everyone we serve. So, right. Um, I think he was so open. He, he certainly could be um, taken advantage of, not because he was an easy, I, I think he just didn't think in, in terms of. Because it wasn't necessarily in his heart. He sounds like he's someone that uh, lives by something that I, 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 I think I've always, Brian has heard me say this, um, and I mentioned it on the show before, that which would make the world a much better place if we were a lot more childlike and less childish, childlike, meaning that you see nothing but possibility. Because, you know, just like if you take a bunch of kids of different races, ethnicity, ethnicities right. and whatever, and put them in a, in a in a playground, if they're young enough and the world hasn't gotten to them yet, they're going to just, they're going to believe that anything is possible. They're going to have curiosity about each other. Right. Right. And it sounds like he had a curiosity about people and saw the good in people first above anything else, you know, um, you you risk doing that, you know, to a fault or whatever. But that's just something that so much more of the world needs. Tell us this: so, do you um do you, do you have children? And if you do, how has this experience affected the manner in which you parent? Yeah, um, 
Well, I, I love what you said, uh, which is to be childlike, but not childish. I think that's such an important distinction, mm -hmm. especially in this country where I think mm -hmm. sometimes the world sees us as a little immature, but there's a beautiful oh. side to that, right? Which is that um, we, we want to have all the great qualities you talked about as a, mm -hmm. as a child. And I my son is three and you're, and you put him on the playground right now. You're right. I mean, he's just, and, and he doesn't even know what a cell, I mean, he's not on a cell phone. He's not, <laughs> I don't see a judgmental angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's um, in that perfect stage. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I was just, I forget, I was listening to some podcasts and, and the podcaster was talking about how, when we get to wisdom towards the end of our lives, we move back to, the childlike child. state of wonder, not childish, yes. the childlike state of wonder. Yes, the wonderment of a child, yeah. Yeah, and I think he was, uh, there's a video I watch, I should have shared it um, with you guys, where he's playing with a child, and you can really see that he was in touch mm. with that. And, um, you know, in my own parenting, I try to enter in, you know, if my son wants to pretend that we're frogs, then I try to, I become a frog with him. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. watching from... Um, what would you call it? Uh, as an observer, I'm not, I'm of course, there are times I'm observing him for safety reasons, but when we're playing together, I'm trying. If we're he's wanted to be a squirrel this morning, so then we're both squirrels eating nuts, and I'm in there with him, right? And and I do see that just to get back to a lot of the great physical therapists and occupational therapists, we see they're really in it, yeah, with these, with these kids, and I don't know, um. So, so, so some of the parenting stuff has nothing to do with any of this. He just had a great sense of play. And so I think, and, and a great deal of physical affection for me. So my kid gets like, hopefully a great sense of play, physical affection, open heart. Um, my dad was really at his best with kids at, oh. his, at his very best. Um, so I, I hope some of it, you know, rubbed off on me really, really the sense of play that, um, I think is in, in what you described it, which is childlike, not childish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's funny. I, I've heard it said that, you know, success is um, an inside job and that usually uh -huh. per pertains to the manner in which we think and, and, you right. know, you know, and all that kind of stuff, but it's also an inside job in terms of um, our innermost thoughts for most people, mm -hmm. the child in them never dies, you know, to a plus and a fault, because if you've had negative experiences as a child, you know, those things you kind of hold on to and they affect your willingness to, or how you go forth doing other things. But at the same time, if you retained it in, you know, in, in the right sense, it, it, it leaves you with a sense of, uh, of, of hope with regard to, you know, what tomorrow might bring uh -huh. um, in the figurative sense, in terms of years ahead, as well as the next 24 hours. And right. also affects the way that you, you know, interact with people. That's why when people say, you know, children are, you know, children are the, are the, are the, are the, the key to, to the world or, or they're going to save tomorrow or the lyrics of the greatest love of all, which I believe the children are our future, teach them well. And, you know, right. that's as true as it is corny. But when you say the children are the future, it's not about chronologically age. The, the child within us is also the key to, uh, to, to our future because the most childish thing is you know, adults fit the definition of anything childish more so than, than children. I'm sorry. I, I can go on and on with that on a tangent. <laughs> no, I, I think it's really important that you also just reminded me of the other most obvious thing I'm forgetting about being a dad and my mm -hmm. child, which is that he's teaching me. 
Yeah. There you go. There you go. For you sure. know, he's teaching me to put down my phone and stop being distracted. He's teaching me to get back to my imagination and mm -hmm. he's teaching me to be, you know, open hearted. He's teaching, I mean, I, I don't even know where to, you know, yeah. He's teaching me that my priorities and values were not really where they should be. Should be. Yeah. You know, right? yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what they do. That's what they do. And, you know, because they do that, you know, it might seem like everything goes to them, but kudos to you too, because we have to be, um, we have to be open enough to receive that because I'm sure we've seen a lot of, you know, parents that just, you know, that that's not who they are and they aren't necessarily, you know, present. So I, I it seems like your dad started with a little bit of a, um, um, you know, a, a small team and a lot of it was him as you stepped in now and you take, you know, have taken over, how many employees do you have, um, at this stage yeah, so we've got 21 people working for us directly mm -hmm. which is still a pretty small team given and then we have another and then we have some outside producers like i said the bulk of it's from us so so mm -hmm. we're not producing everything by ourselves there's some other um businesses that make stuff for us but we are very much um uh, everything that comes in our hands are on it our designs are going out to them um mm -hmm. and, and you know we have a close relationship with them um, so it's it's kind of a miracle we're able to to put out. I don't know how we put out as much as we do with this, you know, with basically a staff of twenty one people. People, yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Uh, kudos, kudos to them. What would you say is probably? Um, and when I say the biggest seller, I don't mean what makes the most money. I mean what's the most right. popular. What which which product carries the greatest demand? Two two questions. That one. What's the most creative demand. And then Matt had asked a question, what's your favorite mm -hmm. device or toy that you've made? So those are two, maybe uh, they may be the same thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'll answer all this. Just uh, I'll touch back on what Brian asked was, you know, what's the dark side and, and mm. the dark side is, you know, you come to work and things start going wrong and there's a supply chain issue and somebody's upset. And, and so, you know, your power goes out and so you're printing your 3d print, you know, things happen and you run around and you run it just like you would be running a, any business. You're not thinking, oh, we're helping people. You're just going, oh, my yeah. God, <laughs> you know, how do we solve this? What do we yeah. do about this? And then, so that's all happening for most of our time. We're not sitting here going, you know, how wonderful what we're doing. In the world. <laughs> we're keeping up fires. We're just trying to survive, you know. Yeah. COVID yeah. came, so everyone's trying to survive. And and um, so there's plenty of, um, you know, conflict and, and just everyday business stuff. And then you get a video from someone like Matt with you know with his child playing with one of these devices and you go it it takes your breath away just the way it would take anybody's breath away because because we see aria playing with this toy and we go oh i forgot we were even doing that i was so worried about it wow you know so yeah. i was so worried about you know what are we going to do about our molding machine is on fire and right um, so so this is kind of a crazy product that's one of my favorites which is very simple invention my dad came up with this thing called a battery interrupter so if you have a toy that has a battery case that you can open and say it's a c battery mm. you take this copper wire this wire that we have attached to a copper plate and you slip it in between the battery and the contact point and that goes to any of our capability switches so for mm -hmm. i don't know how much they are this is the cheapest thing in the catalog so if the toy is wired simply like that you can take any toy and make it into an adapted toy 
Interesting. I think they're on the side. I think they're called battery interrupters. I love it. It's so simple. It's so brilliant. If you just don't have the money and you're not getting the help you need, you can still buy this thing and you can use it on lots and lots of toys that that um, that you could get. I'm trying to think of other as as far as favorite toys. It's every person is so individual and each therapist is so individual. So we sell these fiber optic lights and I thought, mm -hmm. okay, well, the kid plays with them and, and, uh, you know, they're fun for me to play with. If I gave them to you guys, we'd sit around and, you know, they're fun to hold on to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's the good fidget. And uh, so we go into to United Cerebral Palsy up here in Westchester and there's this woman, Tina Weissman, who worked with my dad. She's an incredible therapist. And she discovered that for this young man with a neurological disorder, he was completely withdrawn, not communicative, not in the world, they, nothing. And she found that if she took these fiber optic lights and ran them over his left shoulder, he would suddenly respond. I guess his, a lot of his vision was happening in the periphery. And that sensation of that and that light. So for, for that young man with that occupational therapist, that's my favorite product. Mm. Mm. You know, because the, the impact is the most obvious. Be humble, but like to me, the hero is we made it and we put it out. You know, you mm -hmm. guys, you know, you guys go to work and you do your thing and you're doing a great thing in the world. Um, but somebody still has to do something with that. Yeah, true. You know, um, and and so the idea that some, and so we see people. Uh, another example of this. Um, this is one of my favorite toys. Is an adapted scissors. Little kids love to cut things. You know, mm -hmm. paste them. So we have this scissor that's mounted on a on a 3D mold, and you can push any capability switch and cut paper. So we visited this place called the Center for Discovery up in uh, it's upstate New York, and we walked in, and they had had their students take our paper cutters, and they had recreated this stained glass window in the chapel at Notre Dame. Wow. Like, wow. Or, or they take our pouring cup, which I thought was fun for kids to pour, and they had adults watering plants with the automatic pouring cup. It didn't wow. even, it occurred to me, you know, I know, I'm sure you both have kids, they love to pour, you know, that's one of the pouring yeah. cups, right? Yeah. And then, but the idea of watering a plant, it, mm -hmm. it's so obvious it hadn't occurred to me. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to dodge the question. Um, no, almost, no. You know, one thing that hurts us is that we have this huge variety of stuff. So then we have to go, how do we keep this all in stock? But it really just, it's about, it takes a group of us to do this and it takes groups to, or in institutions, but ultimately it's about the individual, making sure that everyone, your kid is not a kid with cerebral palsy. Your kid yeah. is not autistic to us. Your kid is not a kid in a wheelchair. Your kid is not that label. Your kid is the kid who loves fiber optics or airplanes or trucks or watering a plant. It's, you know, it's so, so we don't even know what you'll do with our stuff. Right. Cause we don't, we don't know you and your child. I, hmm. I, I told Matt after, after our initial conversation, I was like, we could have talked for hours, like instant bromance. I'm just, I just, I love the philosophy. I love your approach. Um, 
you know, Matt's been putting comments in our in our chat. I got to put my reading glasses on. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're just such phenomenal stories for those that are listening in. Uh, Matt shared a story about Seth's involvement with his daughter Aria. Uh, jump, Seth jumped on a FaceTime call, um, and and the early intervention group and showed the toys and devices in their warehouse, and they tried to find a special device that would be great for Aria. So it said, Seth and enabling devices pour their souls into this small company, changing the lives of so many. Um, you know, the idea that you know you 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 guys take the care as, and you treat every child as an individual and the fact that it could have, it could have an impact for thousands and you know, hundreds of thousands of other people that, that, that maybe have not had a, that experience. It starts with helping, you know, helping one and, you know, it, it's, it's, so the best, it's amazing work. That the best, doing. the best way for someone to, um, you know, to look at your inventory and find something that may be appropriate for them is obviously uh, your website. You mentioned a catalog. Do you guys still actually have physical catalogs that go out? We are putting a physical catalog back together. We couldn't do it during the sort of peak of COVID because we were just trying to save every penny we could to, you know, keep. And, and we've come through it. We're, and we're, you know, mostly come through it because the team of people here made sure we came through it. So we're. Good. Now we're that's going to be my back next back. question: How you guys were affected by that? So, yeah. when will things start picking up for you as far as, um, say, the holidays? I mean, is that the busiest time of year? And yeah, that's here right we're, now. We're right now, you're in it. Yeah, okay, that's here. Good. So we're we're scrambling Good. just to get us, keep as much stuff in stock as we can. Good. But but Seth, tell me tell the story again that you shared with me about people who decided that they actually want to come work with you because of the work that you're doing. Oh, I, 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 which, I, which, I mean, there's somebody, I forget which one we talked about specifically. <laughs> I don't remember either. You, you just, people who had had, you know, well-paying nine to five jobs, six figure incomes. Oh, yeah. to just want to come and, you know, be a part of what you're doing because of what you're creating. Yeah, we get that a lot. And again, that's, you know, the balancing act, of course, is not to take advantage of that, right? We want to, we want, it's such a balancing act. We want to get stuff to people at a reasonable price. We want to pay people well who work for us because, you know, they deserve to be paid well. So, um, you know, that's, it's a tricky balancing act. We're still working on that, but we do get people, um, you know, this is a, a friend of my sister's just came to work for us and she's got a Yale MBA and she, I'm sure she could be doing anything, you know, <laughs> she just wanted to be a part of it, you know, and she came in and, and she saw me and she said, what's the dress code? And I said, um, I don't know. I never, never even occurred to me to that one. So, I mean, it can work. I think there was, there was one day in the shop, we had somebody come to visit us from BOCES because they wanted to place some kids in the shop. And uh, we were in the, we were in the process of, um, of redoing our shop. So I, we were all dressed in clothes to move the machinery. And she came in and she looked at me. And then looked at the, our head designer and and, and looked looked at us as we were you know showing the kids around the shop and I could see her eyes going I'm not letting my kids in here <laughs> who, are, who are these people <laughs> you, know, you, know, um, you know we're filthy and dressed and we're close um, but I, I I do think that we have a lot of talented people here who probably I think could could do better at other companies financially who go look I'm, I. I'm, I'm going to work the extra hour. I'm going to go the extra distance. I'm going to, you know, we're closed for COVID. I don't care. I'm going to go. Uh, Giovanni De La Rosa, who's a head of shipping, 
we, I said, we got to close for COVID. And he said, no, people need stuff. I'll be, I'll be in the shipping department, shipping stuff out. And then everyone just, I, I shut the company down for people's safety. And one by one, they marched into this office and said, no, we're not shutting down. Wow. I mean, that, so that was, you know, you, you know, it's been a, a lot of time on the, on the corporate side of things. And, you know, Sean and I work in the financial services industry. Right. And so dollars and cents are always, has always been a part of it. And I have family business. And so, you know, some businesses are measured, uh, their success is measured in, in, in dollars and cents. I, I, and again, I'm not su suggesting that yours isn't because clearly you have your eye on the bottom line, but, right. but I think that if, if more businesses were judged, their success was was measured by the quality of 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 work and the impact that your product has on the world um what a much what a different place this would be what a great what a great place we would what a great world we would live in when people want to go to work for somebody because of the impact and the decision like no i i want this product to go out because we promised this to this client and we want the client to have it and uh whatever it takes right that's just it's honor to you man it's, it's just really kudos for put for creating for maintaining it sounds like your dad created this and then you have just carried it on and, yeah. and continue to do that and that's a, a testament capitalism. to you well yeah <laughs> right and i do want to say exactly conscious because i do think you know i do really think it's important for people you know we're not shipping the work out to other countries not because of any um not because we're we want to, we want people working at a fair wage. So, yeah, if, you know, I think what you guys are doing is so important because look, if, if you don't have the dollars, you, you may not be able to get the stuff you need. Right. right. So we want, right. I want to create a culture where people aren't, are also being rewarded. I think the people who work for us should be rewarded and, and we, and we are absolutely moving in that direction. I, I think that's important too, you know, I, um, because we, we want people to be rewarded for hard work and, and for doing the good work they do. And I think what you, what you, I, I think I was telling you um, just before we jumped on the air that I'd been at a reunion recently and I had three friends from my graduating class who had kids who were on the spectrum and they were in their 20s and they were really struggling with making sure that their kids had, were able to live independently right. and scared about their own passing and the future of their kids. So I don't want to bypass the importance of what you're doing, which is so key, which is, you know, making sure the money is there, not for the sake of money, making sure the money is there because people needed to get the stuff that they need. And we're not, you know, we're not talking yeah. about 300 foot yachts. We're talking about yeah. stuff people really need. So, so that is a balancing act, you know, that I, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I realized Brian and I have never had a conscious conversation about, we just talked about, we want to have people on here that inspire us. But what's happened is anyone that's on here that provides a service or has a business performs some form of conscious capitalism, um, you know, or, you know, and a term that I just just popped into my head listening to you sort of redefine um, the value of dollar dollars tied to purpose, you know, right. the dollars that that you that you make tied to purpose. There's like you know, um, intentional revenue surface, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. Like the intention is to make the world a better place. You're not talking right. about just um, the, the the bottom line is um, is tied to both. You know, if you take care of people, profit profit. Um, you know, then 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 comes, and so that's just so well respected. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's and that was Brian's point too, right? Yeah, which actually we 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 feel the better we are, the and the better we do what we do, then everything flows from that, including right a, health, a healthy business. I mean, I don't know about you know if I get something that I buy and it works great and it helps and I love it, I go back to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so, and tell people about it too. Yeah. And I tell other people about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we we definitely want people to to check out enablingdevices.com and look at your. You know, look at your catalog and and see the help and obviously if they know of organizations or you know um, facilities that are looking for devices to help their clientele as well obviously you guys service the institutional market as well um and and our goal is to is to you know again shine a spotlight on those amazing people who are doing great things and seth you're just i mean i think clearly anybody who sits and listens to you gets where your heart is where your heart is and, and, and what your and what your intent is. So, you know, anything that we can do to continue to promote enabling devices. I know Matt Failer is a huge fan and would also yeah. continue. He's actually using devices for ARIA now and right. uh, continue to support the effort. And if there's anything that we can do, anything else that we can do for you, you know, we, we consider you now part of our, you know, just your dad's uh, family mm-hmm. and uh, part of the network. And, you know, we want people to, to know all about you and, and uh, anything uh, that we can do. So in fact, yeah. in fact, I'm going to say this one thing because yes, here's the thing: we we just did a we just did a two day summit a couple of weeks ago, um, where we had a bunch of service providers actually share their. So one is to have a conversation with us, similar to what we're doing today with you, and then the other is to say, well, okay, now that you've now that you know who I am, this this is what my product and my service is, and you know, do a little twenty minute you know twenty minute presentation, right. and we vowed at the completion of this last um, summit that our next summit, which is going to take place after the first of the year was going to be, was going to be dad focused. Now, not necessarily, okay. <laughs> you know, all dad driven, but yeah, yeah. the fact that, you know, we, we, we want dads engaged in the conversation. We're three of us are three dads here having this right. conversation. And, and I think that if anybody's lit, but we used to joke about it. Somebody said, if you want two men to have a meaningful conversation, put, um, you know, put a couple microphones in front of them and call it a podcast, <laughs> right? But these are meaningful conversations and, and people need to know that there are people that there are, listen, we just had this, this recent, uh, you know, there's all this stuff going on with Facebook and, you know, we go live yeah. on Facebook and yet here's, you know, profits over people and your right. company clearly is, is, is the opposite. There are great companies out there led by great men and women who are committed to such great things in the world. And we want people to know about that. So right. we're definitely gonna to wanna to talk to you about that and being able to, you know, maybe we'll do a presentation, you can do a live, you know, in, in your in your warehouse, do a do a live event, um, you know, a 20, 20 minute, you know, just so people can actually see some of the stuff that you're doing. I think that that would be, be tremendous. Uh, we love know, we that. We're, we're grateful for the support, but I'm also glad just to know the two of you because we, you know, what we do is we lead people they, you know, they they ask us, and we lead people to people like you. So it's 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 just it's it's, uh, and I, I'm sure, we, and I, I have to be careful because I could talk with you both for hours, and I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> That's to a, good to That's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're we're at the point in the show where oh yeah, you know, uh, we ask a question. The ability to make the world, or for each of us to make the world a better place than we found it, is um, based on our. Um, uh, propensity or willingness to change. And so with that said, um, I'd like to ask you if you can think of a um, a thought, belief, or philosophy that you held dear, um, you know, with everything um, that you know, yeah, that you now feel otherwise about. 
I don't know if it's such a deeply held thought or philosophy. I mean, I'm open to lots of new ideas, so I so I feel like I'm shifting a lot of the time. But I was thinking, good. When I thought about this question, you said it at at the beginning, Sean. You said, "Well, this is not our show," <laughs> and that really struck me because I feel when I'm here, I'm, the big shift I made was thinking, "Well, I have to get this. I have to achieve this." Mm-hmm. I have to write this book. I have to, my star has to shine. Right. And it has to come from me. And I think the first thing a kid teaches you is you are now in the service of somebody else. Mm-hmm. You are not the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you're erased. It's just that it's not about you any longer. And the thing about coming to this company was, in a way, it's kind of a gift that I'm not a talented engineer because mm-hmm. it's not my show. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad used to joke and say that he didn't know anything and, <laughs> you know, and, and I, it's, it's almost the, the gift here is that when you actually give over to, to something that's not about you, like in mm-hmm. this case, I love I'm talking about my dad's legacy. I'm talking about what the company does. I, 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 I could make the show very overly long by naming every person here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about me and and the shift that happened you know the idea that my happiness was going to come from shining a light on myself really shifted to going how freeing it would be just to know that i mean if anyone gets chewed out here it's me it's not my job to chew people out they're mm-hmm. i'm in charge mm-hmm. they're frustrated and they have a right to be it's not about me expressing my feelings it's not about when, when we go into to work, when we have a call with Matt about Ari, it's not about me. It's not my show. And, and what I found was by shifting that focus off, um, that there was a very different kind of fulfillment. Right. Which is mm-hmm. freedom. This isn't about me. How do I support this person? How do I, how do I shine the light on this person? Now, this may seem mm-hmm. hard to believe because I'm talking about myself right now, but it's kind of it's the nature of the show. <laughs> but I asked you, though, so, you know, you're, 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 <laughs> no, not, no, just, good. you're, not, you're not just tooting your own horn. I, I asked a question, so that, that, yeah. that, that that's so, totally... So, so I don't know if that's a fundamental belief shift, but this, um, this idea that although this shift had to happen within me, the fulfillment mm-hmm. and happiness was not going to come from my personal achievement. It was going to be about facilitating things for other people and the power that comes from that about taking my, it's not that I'm out of it. It's just, right. it's, it's, it's not my show. I can't, I can't say it any better than, than you did. Well, let me express my gratitude because, you know, time spent, like I, I always say, you know, we're never going to be as young as we were when this conversation began or when I finished that last sentence, right? We're not, we can't get time back. So you can spend time with someone exchanging energy and learning things that's the ultimate gift. And you've just given that because I'm thinking of, you know, what I say when I ask someone that question is, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a fundamental philosophy or belief, but really what it comes down to is what have you allowed yourself to discover? So it doesn't have to be like, this is, here's the thought that I had that I would, that I would kill for and the sword upon which I would die. But now I have this right. new belief. It, it, you know, to simplify it, it's just a matter of, of uh, what have you allowed yourself to discover? And you've answered that perfectly. And with so much value. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It's amazing. Well, and as we 
as we wrap up this show, I, I said to Sean, I'm like, you're just gonna, we're just going to sit here and just have this, this sort of love fest conversation. There's so much more to talk about uh, with you, Seth, but unfortunately our time, you know, is, is ending for this episode, but we hope to have, have more conversations with you. And I know people can catch you and Matt Failer's mindful inspiration uh, champion podcast. You're, you're going to guest on there as well. And so we hope that people can find your story. And so, I want to thank you for, you know, for being such an amazing, amazing soul in the world and amazing um, partner in what we're doing here um, together in this community. So, so really appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us. And, um, and as we wrap this show up, I, I always end by saying, you know, now more than ever, we need uh, empathy and love. If we can look at every situation and circumstance with a little bit more empathy, Mm -hmm. And through the glasses, the lenses of love, as opposed to divisiveness and, and, and hate and other things that are going on, the world will be a much better place. And at the end of the day, I think that's what we're all trying to accomplish, living in a world that's a better place than when we found it. And um, hopefully empathy and love is something that, um, uh, that, that people can be re reminded of on a regular basis. So I thank you again for, for being here. And Sean Francis, I'll Everybody else who's commented, Matt Failer and, and, and Robert and, and, and those who have commented on, on our Facebook, thank you all for contributing. Um, there's some great comments in there. If you're catching us on YouTube, you can follow along. The comments will be there as well. And if you're listening um, and you want to see this, jump on because you want to see these comments have been absolutely amazing, just flowing, just, just flowery uh, uh, love and appreciation for the work that Seth and his people are doing. Um, Sean Francis, uh, I love you, brother. I love being on this uh, podcast and on this journey with you. Uh, every day, every experience is a new one, and uh, it just it's just more enriching every day. So, throw it off to you to close us out for today. The feeling is most mutual. Thank you so very much. I want to, uh, as always, um, remind everyone that you know somebody somewhere needs to know that they matter, needs to know that they're seen, needs to know that they're heard, and there is no such thing as uh, as we've discovered doing this show is there is no such thing as special needs everyone needs the same thing everyone needs to know that they're seen that they're loved mm -hmm. that they matter um if you have a diagnosis or a disability um a developmental delay you may need more of the same thing that everyone else needs mm -hmm. the, the doses may be different but we all need the same thing mm -hmm. and uh, i want to thank as always uh the women in my life um my mom jan and my amazing uh, wife laura without them i could not uh, even aspire to be who I try to be. Um, and um, thank everyone uh, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week. And thank you so much again, Seth. What a pleasure. Thank you both. Really appreciate the time. It's awesome. We'll see you all again soon next week on Just Your Dads. We have an amazing guest in the month of October. Seth just kicked off a phenomenal month. Um, hope more, more conversations like this. I love this set. This has been fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.